Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. And good morning, everybody. Great to be with you on the day after the Political Coffee Clatch. Hey, thank you, by the way, to all of you who took some time to join us last night over at Sparky's Brew House in Salem. Family-friendly kids can come in there. It was, uh, man, it was a great turnout. It was a great evening. We had some 45 people, listeners, most of your listeners. Some of you uh, don't. You you come because other people invited you. And there were, there were some great patriots um, who frequent Sparkies who didn't know we were going to be there. And they listened in and they participated a little bit. And I appreciated that, too. That's the power, friends, of us coming together as people who believe in liberty. That's the tie that binds us. Last night, my thanks to not only all of you, but those of you who voted as to where we're going to kind of make a permanent home of our political coffee clatch meetings. Last night, you all, you all chose Sparky's. Now, we're going to hold, it's my decision, to hold additional meetings probably on Saturday afternoons when it makes sense. Hold those additional meetings at Miller's Barbecue. Because we absolutely want to support them. So that's our decision. We're, we're going to be moving the meetings to Monday nights. Okay. Monday nights. And maybe on Saturdays, occasionally we'll have special meetings when we have special guests that are in town. Maybe we'll do live broadcasts. Now, I haven't talked this over with, with Josh Michael at Noncompliant America, but maybe we'll do live broadcasts from Miller's on a Saturday afternoon of his show. And we'll show up and we'll support him. And if you'll let me, maybe I'll co-host. I don't know. I, I just, I'm just throwing that out there as I've sort of thought this over. So we're going to be meeting on Monday nights. We're, we're going to meet next Monday night. I want to thank the state representatives and the senators Linthicum <laughs> uh, that showed up last night. I want to thank the Republican leader of the House of Representatives, Jeff Helfrich, who was not feeling well. But he thought it was important enough to, to leave an interview and then come on over and share a few minutes with us, some thoughts about how they don't need that many votes. They can take over the House of Representatives. Okay? Also, State Representative Ed Deal and his wife, Jamie, thanks to them. Uh, they show up regularly in the war room, and we're grateful for that, but also grateful that they took some time, joined us last night, had a great meal at Sparky's. State Representative 
Court Boyce, who joined us. Court is a former county commissioner down on the south coast of Oregon, down in Coos County. He joined us. That was unexpected, but I am uh, certainly grateful uh, for that. Also, so Senator Linthicum and his wife, uh, Diane, joined us. And, and I'll explain why. Or I'll let Senator Linthicum, because he'll be joining us today uh, for his normal Tuesday visit. I'll let him explain again why. I refer to them as Senators Linthicum because uh, they're both at some point soon, they're both going to be senators at the same time. One's going to be senator-elect and the other's going to be uh, senator. I want to thank Dave Brown, uh, House candidate in HD19, House District 19, running to, well, running to unseat a Democrat this is South Salem, folks, and it's important that those of you who live in South Salem consider helping Dave Brown get elected. He's a farmer's insurance agent. I accused him of being a state farm guy last night, and I'm sorry about that. I blew that. I should know that. You know, since there were those great um, commercials during the Super Bowl with Arnold unable to say Nebor. It was really funny. Anyway, uh, Dave Brown gave a great little speech last night about what his race is like and how it needs to move forward. And it does folks absolutely needs to move forward. So thanks to all the senators and the representatives who joined us last night. Appreciate that. We had a great crowd. We had like 45 people. The place was full. Thanks to those of you who spent some money at Sparky's. We're going to be meeting there again. We're moving the meetings to Monday nights. Cause that's when it works best for Sparky's. So we're going to do that. It may not work best for some of you. Sorry about that. We will continue to hold special meetings over at Miller's. Those, again, are going to be likely, um, you know, weekend daytime meetings, probably on Saturdays. Again, those will be special when we have something that is really worthwhile meeting over on a weekend, like maybe towards the end of the legislative session, like maybe do a special war room over at Sparky's, hmm. or excuse me, over at Miller's. Anyway, that's what's going on. I want to, again, thank everybody who showed up last day. Let me ask you this. Is it criminal neglect to send billions of dollars overseas to Ukraine to protect their border and other borders of NATO countries? Is it criminal neglect while we leave the U.S. border wide open? Last night, in a rare session, the United States Senate stayed open all night long. And the rhinos in the Senate helped pass the Ukraine funding package. In this funding package, now it's not only for Ukraine, it's also for Israel and Taiwan. Okay, I support all of those. I think that's great. It's $95 billion, $60 billion to Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel. It was 67 yes, 27 no. Schumer offered Republicans a chance to vote on amendments in exchange for expediting the legislative process. Now, here's the thing, folks. I'm fine with helping fund Ukraine's 
war against the unjustified invasion by Vladimir Putin and the Russians into their country. Now, I'm fine with that, except I'm not fine with no, and you need to listen to this, this, this is important. There's been no audit by the Pentagon of where all of this money has gone. We know that there have been fake invoices for artillery shells, millions of dollars, say $20 million. But if you listen to Steve Bannon, and you should in War Room, there's strong evidence that up to something like out of the $130 billion of your money that we have given to Ukraine, up to $20 billion, billion of it has been stolen by the Zelensky corrupt oligarchs, the wealthy people, the elite, the connected, that have all the mechanisms of how this stuff gets transported in and around into Ukraine and transported around in Ukraine. And it's deeper than that. $20 billion. And yet we have no accounting from the, from the Pentagon. They don't even know where about a billion dollars has gone at all. This is a travesty. So here's what I say. Say to the U.S. House of Representatives, we want to support all of these only if there's accounting. That's the first criteria. And only if there are spending us offsets. Friends, we're on track to spend $2 trillion more this year. The federal government budget. And what we're going to take in in terms of taxes. $2 billion, or excuse me, $2 trillion. With a T, folks, trillion. I misspoke. $2 trillion. This $95 billion package is on top of that, is a supplemental. So we're already $34 trillion in national debt that Vladimir Putin, in his interview with Tucker, acknowledged. He can count. Apparently, a whole bunch of congressmen and senators can't. Oh, they can, folks. But they're just rewarding the military-industrial complex that feeds them big money for their re-election campaigns. They're destroying the sovereignty of this nation, the value of our dollar, folks, all across the world, and that's beginning to bite us in the collective rear end. And it's only going to get worse. The inflation numbers came out this morning. They're higher than expected. Stock market's going to tank today. Why? Because they expect, because the inflation numbers are higher, and folks, I'm telling you, they're only going to get worse. They have to. For two reasons. Fuel prices are not going to come down. Fuel, energy is driving all of this, folks. They're not going to come down. Why? Because Biden's going to continue to strangle 
America's ability to be completely and totally independent in energy. They have this obsession, this fascination with destroying the fossil fuels industry. All of it. That's the first reason. The second reason is government spending. They're spending far more. That drives inflation, folks, and there's there's lots of reasons why, but it does. It's proven. There's testimony in front of Congress that it does. You see, Republicans and Democrats haven't figured out they've got to pull in spending. They've got to get us back into balance. This means that not only is inflation going to continue, and that bites you and I in the rear end when we're going to the grocery store, when we go to the gas pumps. Yeah, gas is down a little bit now, folks. It's, it's going to go up. And God forbid that we decide to take out Iran's oil infrastructure, which I kind of hope we do. I also think that we ought to stop giving Iran money, Joe Biden, or the old Biden administration. That's Barack Obama's legacy. It's him still pulling the strings. Bottom line is this, friends. We've got to have spending offsets for every dollar that we're going to send to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Every penny needs to be paid for by budget reductions in the growth of the federal government budget. You agree or disagree? There's news in Oregon, and I want to get to that. You're not going to like this, but i got to share it with you. Yes, the tyrants who run the Oregon legislature want to make it easier for them to ram their agenda down your throat. Back in a moment at 620. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 22 minutes past the top of that. By the way, this uh, Senate bill that was passed last night funding Ukraine, in it is a poison pill that allows Trump to be... Um, well, just it, the language in this bill makes it impossible for Trump as president to terminate the Ukraine war funding into his second term. Senator J.D. Vance wrote, and he was on yesterday with a number of shows on Real America's Voice, certainly Uh, with Steve Bannon, said buried, quote, buried in the bill's text is an impeachment time bomb for the next Trump presidency if he tries to stop funding the war in Ukraine. An impeachment time bomb. Jamie Raskin, whose father was an avowed communist who is one of the Democrats in Congress, Let the cat out of the bag the other day, folks. When we take control of the House, we'll impeach Trump again, was basically what he said. The 17 rhino senators just gave them the ability to do just that. 
You see, if Trump literally forces a ceasefire to the Ukraine war and says, well, we don't need to give them any more money. The language they inserted into this bill, if the House passes it that way, and that's the caveat here, gives the perfect opportunity for Democrats, if they take control of the House of Representatives, to impeach Trump immediately because he brought peace to a war. Thank you, Senate Republicans. It also tells us a lot about how many of those Republicans hate Trump. How many of those Republicans are scared of Trump? At any rate, folks, it's a great story. It's the impeachment time bomb. It's exactly what this is. And it it spells it out in more uh, detail. By the way, I want to thank Avis and Barbara and Curtis for helping us last night in the political coffee clutch. We counted the votes by hand it was paper ballots folks <laughs> and uh, and here's an ava sent me an, an email she says we had 50 people hmm. well yes all right so uh, by the way thanks to glenice who's 91 years old drove herself there um uh, it's just wonderful to to see her there. Ava said we had 50 people. Well, she's added the four guys that were playing cards next to us who were listening. In fact, some of them even signed our no tolling or vote before tolling petition. Appreciate that. All right, so here's how we counted. So we're being consistent in what we preach, folks, because I've got a story that'll curl your hair. In a moment, I'm going to share it with you. Here's how we counted. Ava said they pulled all the tiny ballots out, matched up the choices, while three guys watched. Curtis and I got so busy handing out the tiny ballots and picking them up, we both forgot to vote. Ha, thanks a lot. Curtis made a joke that he was stuffing the ballot box. He had not voted. Steve, who was watching, Rich, who was watching, and Ronnie didn't laugh told him it wasn't funny. <laughs> they each counted, agreed on the count. You have the results total along with the original copies. So I, I have all of that, folks. So Ed, that's how we voted last night to permanently move political coffee clatch to Sparky's. They're on Mission Street behind Popeye's and Carl's Jr. All right. There's a story in the Gateway Pundit. This will curl your hair. Special Freedom of Information Act documents reveal on election day in 2020, there was a meeting of telephone call between CISA. This is the guy who came before Congress and said, "Ah, most secure election ever, Chris Krebs. He lied. This phone call took place between CISA Dominion, ESNS, 
Eric, the FBI, leftist organizations, state officials, and others. A phone call on election day. It was organized by CISA. This is the federal government agency charged with making sure our electronic voting is secure. This private meeting was organized by CISA officials on November 3rd at 3.30 Eastern time with the select members of a, what was secret at the time, election security initiative. This thing lasted a half hour. There were over the names of the people on this call, 200 names of individual government entities, private businesses, media outlets, and at least one tech giant. Dominion, ESS, Eric Systems, this is this. Amazon, run back. You know, that's a group that is so suspicious down in Arizona. Microsoft, Cypress, and others. You got to read this story, folks. Unless we get rid of the machines, we're doomed. Our republic, constitutional republic, will not survive. Back in a moment, Senator Dennis Linthicum, fighting for liberty. Back in a moment, 630. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. And we are back, my friends. Great to be with you. It is uh, 636, the day after our very successful meeting we had last night. Now, look, Fred, Freddie really has hammered me for the vote we took last night. In a moment, we're going to talk with State Senator Dennis Lithicum, who joined us last night with his lovely wife, Diane. Um, so here's what Fred says. You let people vote for the meeting place that were not at the meeting at Miller's Barbecue a week ago. Did you learn that from the Democrats letting migrants vote in our elections who are not citizens? Your Saturday meeting must be a consult consolation prize that won't happen ouch Fred ouch yeah there were some people there last night that were not at the Millers but there but the majority of people who voted were now I could have just unilaterally made the decision on my own which some people wanted that would have made some people unhappy others would have been fine with it I really wanted people to choose because I honor that. So to accuse me of acting like the Democrats, Fred, completely inappropriate. But I understand. It's okay. Because we will hold meetings at Miller's. It's a great place. Is it a console? I mean, is it a consolation prize? 
Well, you can think of it however you want. We're going to honor their, the great work they do as one of our advertisers on this radio station. And we're grateful for that. We're grateful for their commitment and the things they do at Miller's. Miller's Barbecue, folks, which is a great reason for you. Should, you should go there and patronize them. What they do to help foster kids. Because Matthew Miller was in the foster system. He's grown up to be a powerful, I think, honorable man of God. So we want to honor that, and you should too. Joining us is State Senator Dennis Linthicum. Dennis, thanks for you and Diane being there. All right, so you need to tell our listeners once again why I refer to you and your lovely wife, Diane, as the Senator's Linthicum. Yeah, it, it's actually kind of fun. The um, the Secretary of State, you know, received my application for the Senate position and um, and told me I wasn't qualified. Sent back my application, sent back my twenty five bucks, and said, "Sorry, pal, you're not welcome to this elite group of individuals." And I said, "That's fine. I bet you my wife is qualified. She actually." applied on the very first day I sent in my application because we knew it would create a um, an, an item that would be um, uh, that would cause a consternation at the Secretary <laughs> of State's yeah, office. I'll and say. Diane has been my, my chief of staff for eight years, so she knows how the, the capital system works. She's been there. She knows all of our constituents. She's got a uh, She's got great understanding of policy and whatever. So she's actually a perfect fit. And so she applied for the same position and she is, will be on the ballot. And, um, and then what I'll try and do is try and do a job interview and see if I can get hired on as one of her staff members. <laughs> I don't imagine that that's, you know, too hard to imagine. So uh, I think you shared with me previously that she is listed, is going to be listed on the ballot as the initial D and then your last name, Linthicum. And since her name begins with D, Diane, just like yours does Dennis, maybe that is going to just make it easier for her to get elected? Yeah, I think actually she's uh, she's an easy victory in our uh, area anyway. So we haven't decided, you know, at some point, if she's going to carry this weight and be the new senator, she ought to put her name on the on the ballot, let people vote for her. Um, and uh, and we don't have to do any shenanigans like, gee, which linthicum is this? You know, I'm confused because everybody knows Diane. Everybody knows me um, in our area. It was great to see people there last night. Here we are, you know, a couple of hundred miles, um, 280 miles from our house. And everybody at... Um, and Sparky's was thrilled to have us show up and listened uh, to both of us. It was a fabulous day at the at the uh, brewing pub. So thank you. Yeah, you know. By the way, uh, my apologies for having to cut you off, but you know there were too many other long-winded politicians in front of you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we hey, had to get uh, to voting. Have- you, you guys and voting, I, uh, as I was looking at this morning's agenda in Veterans and Emergency Affairs, there's a bill uh, 
1577-1577 that um, makes, uh, that, that gives the Secretary of State shall establish by rule a, um, a, a schedule by which each public institution of higher ed, so each university or college, um, shall provide Secretary of State records derived for one or all of the student's information um, and create an application to vote. And that uh, will be a qualified applicant. So not only do we have the Department of Transportation signing up people to vote, we have the Secretary of State using uh, higher education to sign people up for vote. And one of the gotchas on the second page, uh, subparagraph six, uh, that's there at the top third of the page, it says, if a person, i.e. the student, uh, in this subsection does not decline to be registered within 21 calendar days, the secretary or county clerk shall um, issue a notice of the registration information submitted to the Secretary of State. So, boom, you're in, whether you want to be or not. Uh, everybody at the university is going to get signed up to register uh, uh, through the Secretary of State's new rules. Uh, rules yeah. fill this thing uh, left and right. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, today, we have a big hearing on the statewide property tax. It's a story on OregonWatchdog.com. You can watch it online, folks. You can make comments. It is at 1 o'clock in hearing room D is in Delta at the state capitol. It's HJR201. You can go online. So, Senator, this is the statewide property tax. What's your opinion about it? And does it have legs to actually get as a constitutional uh, amendment? Does it have legs to get sent out to the people for us to vote? Uh, I don't. Th I don't think so. But they. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be successful in transmutilating uh, children without parental consent either. So, um, the, but this is the Overton window. Uh, Salem tried it, and you guys did a fantastic job. 81% of the people who came out to vote against the Salem city tax said, no, we're not going to put up with this. And we need the same kind of response when it, if it were to come to a ballot. But what they're doing is they're just putting it out there. So all the status, all the guys who want to fund the government um, with, a, like, for example, at the federal level, $2 trillion extra dollars. Your listeners ought to sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper and just try and write out $2 trillion. It's two, comma, three zeros, comma, three more zeros, comma, three more zeros, comma, three more zeros. $2 trillion of money thrown into the fire. And um, this, this property tax bill is the same thing. And tell me what they're going to do with the new property tax monies when already we're giving $5.5 billion as a kicker back. Why do they want to collect more money? And, the, you know, the, this is just absurdity. They're giving $5 trillion or $5 billion back 
and they're going to then come through and scrape up more at a at a property tax le- state level. This these guys are um, they're spendaholics, and we've got to put a stop to it. This is why your community needs to stand up and fight every one of these measures. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this: um, if in the future the kicker gets done away with. Uh, by constitutional amendment, if if the kicker was not in place, do you have any doubt in your mind that the Democrats in control and a bunch of Republicans would find a way to spend that $5 billion that's coming back to us, the taxpayers? Oh, yeah, they, they could spend it in a heartbeat. See, the we talk about spending and we talk about allocating it to, you know, OHA or a behavioral health or wherever you're going to put it. It doesn't mean it gets spent wisely. It just means it gets spent. So they can waste money anywhere. Senator Linthicum, you always make it clear. Appreciate you joining us. Friends at 648, back in a moment. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Yes, that is the Power of Buick GMC talk line. If you want to call in and comment on the last 10 minutes of this show, 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. Emails to Jeff at 1220.am or Jeff at KSLM.news. Like the one I got from Mike Slagle, who was there joining us last night. The trillion dollar perspective. He writes $1 trillion is $1 million, million. If you spend $1 million every day, it would take you 2,739 years to spend one trillion dollars. I want you to think about it. It would take, let me see, if you spent one million dollars per day, it'd take you 2,739 years to spend the one trillion. 2,739 years. And folks, we are two trillion dollars upside down in this year's federal budget. Mike writes, when one says one trillion, it doesn't sound that mammoth until you break it down. That is a huge sum of taxpayer dollars. Great meeting last night. Yes, it was. Hey, by the way, thanks um, to Freedom Heating and Air, again, for being one of our great sponsors. We're just deeply grateful for their commitment to liberty and freedom. It's in their name. And they're serious about it. It's one of the reasons that they give discounts to Gold Star families, to veterans. People who have laid it on the line for us in the cause of freedom and liberty. So you know what? You ought to honor that too. And you ought to look at giving them your business. 503-580-1456. 
That's the number to call, 580-1456. Freedomheatingandair.net. That's our website, freedomheatingandair.net. Doug writes an email, is it criminal to defend other sovereign nations? That's how I opened the show. Well, double duh, H.L. Mencken wrote, as democracy has perfected, the office of the presidency represents more and more closely the inner soul of the people. We move towards a lofty ideal. Some great and glorious day, the plain folks of the land will reach their heart's desire at last, and the White House will be adorned by an absolute moron. <laughs> and he writes in, in quotes, uh, we can't speak like Mencken today because there are too many fragile eggshell mind snowflakes. They don't see that they've been manipulated and been gullible, deluded. I call it reality avoidance disorder. Whatever we call it, it's insane. Monkeys are running the circus and the audience is hypnotized by the colorful bobbies or bobbles. The corporate synagogue of Satan has structured the masses to believe there's some higher authority than us, intellectual authority. They'd shut down the conversation and never allow solutions except the ones they provide. Yep, the Lord used the foolish to confound the wise. And then he writes, comply and die. You drivel on about your bridge club meeting with your gray-haired rhinos rearranging the deck chairs on the sinking ship, voting for the next venue, wasting your listeners' time, making believe that we believe a blank about where the next do-nothing gathering is. You have such a great opportunity to speak the truth to power, and you treat us like we're stupid dumbasses. The world is taking a big blank, Jeff. If you want us to believe you, that you are a warrior of truth and justice for Christ, then act like one. You're providing the boomers out there. You are proving the boomers out there are obsolete and out of touch. It's not everybody agrees with me. Hmm? Political Coffee Clatcher, email from Richard. Maybe you should have taken a vote by email and all the listeners who can't always be there would like to have voted. Well, okay, but how would you know who to vote for, Richard, if you hadn't been to either of the meetings? I'm just saying. Doug doesn't like what we do here because he thinks that, you know, I should not wax eloquent about actually helping the right people get elected who will vote to not steal our liberty, Doug. You know, your liberty, Doug, to write that email is soon to be taken from you because the wrong people, Doug, get elected. It only takes a few vote changes, a few minds, a few hearts to be changed in each precinct. And Republicans take control of the state house, the House and the Senate, just a few. That matters. It matters to our taxes, to a statewide property tax. It matters to House Bill 1583, which is an abomination, takes away school board's ability to approve or stop ugly, horrendous, culture-destroying, from the pit of hell agendas, curriculums being taught in our schools. Yeah, that's all a result of who gets elected. So as much as you don't like the fact that we talk about elections, hmm, it's destroying your liberty. And for whatever reasons, Doug, you don't care. 
you think it's all a waste of time. Well, good luck, Doug, because you won't put forward any other solutions other than saying voting is a waste of time. Linda writes, disgusting double standards everywhere, smoking in the car. Politicians worried about cigarette smoke inside a car with kids, but it's all right to turn them over to a mutilating doctor? Touche, Linda. Well said. Rosalie says, school board rules. I overslept. Did you mention this bill this morning? Comments before 3 p.m. I was shocked by the number of people supporting it. Yes, yesterday was the hearing. And I got to get to Steve. Thanks for your meeting place ballots. Uh, Remind Avis she's required to retain those ballots for two years and make them available for public inspection. And for heaven's sake, don't let her store them in her garage. Oh, that's too good, Steve. Got to talk to Gary. You got a minute. Go. Hey, Jeff. Go Ducks. Go Beeps. Sounds like you're getting under people's skin, so uh, that's a good thing. You must be doing something right. Yep, I guess. (laughs) So, you know, every little bit helps. Uh, You know, I I get that a lot of times we uh, do things to preach into the choir and that sort of thing. But education is a good thing, and Oregon is changing. We are in a position that we could change this whole state in very short order, and you are part of that uh, equation. So keep up the good work. Yeah, you know, but it's just a bunch of gray hairs getting together, doing nothing, according to Doug. And and to a certain point, he's right. We we tend to go to meetings to go to meetings, but, I mean, you're up to 50 people. That's a lot of people, and these are people that are active in changing things, not the people that are sitting in on, in front of their keyboard complaining. These are people that are actually going out and talking and doing, you know, going to these um, testifying and everything else. And you've seen little changes turn into big changes. That's right. And we do it one person at a time. Thank you, Gary. Stand up again. Go Ducks. Josh writes, don't let that clown get to you. It just means you're effective and over the target. Yeah, we are, folks. This great nation, founded by people who believed in God and dedicated to the furtherance of the gospel, this great nation is under assault, and the way we fight back is one person at a time in our lives. See you tomorrow. Be blessed.